Hey, it's Andy. Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's a good one. You're really going to like it. And you know, if you like good things, you should also check out the movie Deep Dive podcast that Mike Pusateri and I did on The Right Stuff. Now, what are you two pud knockers going to have, huh? And we are going to break down the 1983 classic, The Right Stuff. And now you're all like, that's great. You morons picked a movie that's... <laughs> 37 years old. The movie, it was just so stylized in such a unique way that I had never seen, I can never recall seeing a film like that, really, was how unique it was in their presentation of it and the filming, and that really drew me to that movie, and I think it still makes it really rewatchable. I've probably seen it 10 to 15 times and would watch it again this week. Hey, Ridley, you got any demons? Yeah, I think I got a stick. Love it, son. I'll pay you back later. Fair enough. It's available now on the Pointless Exercise podcast feed wherever podcasts are sold for free. Or why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's Monday, and the, we're going to talk about the Red Hot Bears. Winners of one in a row and one of their last seven. Seven? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yikes. The last six in a row. Yeah. One, there you go. With actor-comedian Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you? Well, doing, uh, doing well. Uh, the thrilling game, as you said, a thrilling victory. So before we get started, how can uh, how can people find you out on the uh, out on the World Wide Web, which apparently was was crippled this morning when YouTube and the, all the Google suite of everything was down. These damn Russians are after us again. They are. They're sneaky. Uh, I can be uh, found at the website at uh, mikepusateri.com, and from there you'll find links to my Twitter or my Insta and uh, IMDb page. All right. So yeah, so before we get into the, uh, before we, how's this for a segue? Before we do an autopsy of the Bears, that's terrible, of the Bears win, uh, Jeannie Morris, um, former former wife of the all-time leading receiver in Chicago Bears history, which is its own embarrassment, uh, Johnny Morris. Jeannie Morris passed away. And uh, you have some thoughts. Yeah, well, uh, our condolences to to Johnny and to uh, to Jeannie's family. I mean, everybody everybody of a certain age in Chicago, I'm sure, remembers Johnny and Jeannie Morris. But if you're uh, not of a certain age, you you know, she wrote the book Brian Piccolo: A Short Season, which of course then became the uh, movie Brian Song. Which is if there if there is a if there's a person in Chicago or who has ever seen that movie without crying, somebody tells you that, you know, they're lying. That is, that is the one movie that'll absolutely bring you to tears. If you're a Bears fan, you'll be bawling. It'll, it'll make you so, uh, make you so sad. But even if you're not a Bears fan, there's a really touching tribute to, uh, to Brian Piccolo and the friendship that he and Gail Sayers developed. And, uh, and that was all Jeannie Moore. So she was, she was, she was quite a, quite a, a legend in a, uh, very important contributions to uh, to uh, to the Bears in Chicago. 
for for younger people in our audience, it's Brian's song was the the it was a TV movie, and um, the main actors in it were Sonny Corleone and Lando Calrissian. <laughs> there you go. So, now you know who it is, yes. right? Right. Not Donald Glover. The original yes. Lando. It would have been weird if Donald Glover had been it because he wouldn't be born for like another forty years. But right, right. I, I believe that also marks Abe Gibran's only film appearance. God, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah, he did. Was he in Porky's? Have... He was in Porky's, <laughs> right? I don't know. He, he didn't take the. Was he in Hamburger? You? No, that was mm-hmm. Butkus. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Jeannie would be touched by this uh, tribute. Um, the night that it, news broke that Len Casper was leaving the Cubs uh, broadcast team, I didn't know. Um, I, w- I went to bed without looking at Twitter, mostly because I was watching Porky's on Amazon Prime. Just because I was flipping through, it was on, and I was like, God, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. I'm sure it's terrible. And yes, it's terrible. I get distracted watching it by the fact that whoever the guy is who played Porky is significantly bigger than Alex Karras. <laughs> like, they stand next to each other, and Porky is taller and wider than yeah. Alex Karras. Is amazing. Than Mongo. Than Mongo, yeah. yes. Yeah. And they played brothers in the, in the, right. in the movie, Porky and Mongo. Mongo not small either. No, so Mongo was the corrupt sheriff brother of Porky. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, sorry, sorry, Gene. Kim I didn't mean to go to Porky's. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. Kim Cattrall, I believe, was in Porky's. Was she not? She was. Yes. From Sex in the uh, Sex in the City. Yes. She has a very memorable scene um, where they find out why what her what her nickname means. Um, so I don't want to spoil it for those people who haven't seen cinematic classic Porky's. Um, Porky's is a movie full of people who look like famous actors. Like, one of the guys I was sure was Ray McKinnon, and it's not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then it looks like the little guy who plays Pee Wee looks like Peter McNichol, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, The guy who plays Meat is a large dude too. Meat. Yes. <laughs> but I watched the whole thing. Went to bed. Woke up to a text from uh, Kevin Kate going, "It looks like Distributor.com uh, must have gone to bed early too." I was like, "No, I was watching Porky's." <laughs> so we're gonna do that. Uh, that's my way of announcing that the next movie breakdown. We're gonna we're gonna do Porky's. Is <laughs> a movie that deserves a, a two hour. Yeah podcast about it is a 74 minute movie that's basically just an excuse for one scene where uh the guys uh look through the drain pipes in the women's locker room girls locker room. right yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh, on that note back to the bears <laughs> so uh the bears are still in the hunt steve kornacki um yes has been eight percent to make the playoffs Thanks to their dominating performance over one uh, double A Houston, right? Or what is that F- football championship subdivision FCS? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, 
the Texans are well, they're bad. And they're not good. Everybody's not good. everybody's hurt, which makes yeah. them even worse. And um, I will give the Bears credit for beating them the way you should beat them. Uh, but the fact that there are people out there now who are like, see, Mitch is playing pretty well. And Matt yeah. Nagy is talking about being in the playoff hunt. It's like, no, you already screwed that up. You're not in the playoff hunt. Mitch isn't good. Let's stop no. this nonsense. Well, that's that's the fear is that is that Mitch is going to play his way back into in some some corners of House Hall. He's going to play his way back into consideration for next year. Yeah, which I would think way. Mitch, you know, Mitch, he's a free agent because they didn't pick up right. his fifth year option. And I would think as soon as he hits free agency, Bill Belichick's going to call him. And he's going to be like, all right, uh, Mitch. Here, Mitch. We think you can. It's about time we had a good quarterback around here. We haven't had decent quarterback play since uh, Steve Grogan. And we think you're our man. Right. So, I mean, that's where, they, that's where the Bears screwed up. They didn't lock up that, that talent. And the fifth-year option thing was really weird. Now, it's a lot of money. I forget exactly what it was. Ridiculous amount of money. But it's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So the Bears not picking it up at the time was a real, like, slap in the face. Because they could have simply picked it up, and then after the season went, nope, we don't want you. Yeah, I think the idea was the reason you don't pick it up is if you think that a player is a guy who you might want to keep, but you know you're not going to want to keep him at that fifth year money. It gives you then the option to negotiate a deal with him somewhere in between, which I right. hope to God they don't do. I can't imagine that they would. I mean, yeah. Uh, although who knows uh, with this bunch? It's kind of like the baseball equivalent of like non-tendering a guy, and then you theoretically mm-hmm. can negotiate a, a lower salary sort of thing. Right. So people who breathlessly are refreshing Twitter, waiting for Kyle Schwarber to announce his, you know, three-year, twenty million dollar contract with the Cubs. Yeah, that's probably I got news happen. for you. It's that's not going to happen. No. But um, you know, it's another. The parallels, I thought, to the Lions game were pretty stark. Um, offense really good in the first half and rolled up to a comfortable lead and then did nothing in the second half, except this time the Texans were completely unprepared to mount any kind of comeback, so it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, because they had no receivers and running backs yeah. and general, general offensive players other than their quarterback. Yes, they literally don't have... They don't have any of their running backs from the beginning of the season. They had just gotten David Johnson back, and then he went on the COVID list. And he's old yeah. and bad anyway. Uh, which makes the trade that they made to get him for DeAndre Hopkins all the more uh, mind-boggling. If you wonder why Bill O'Brien got fired, that that's probably that, why. Now you know. They have no wide receivers uh, because they traded Hopkins. Will Fuller got suspended for PEDs. They cut Kenny Stills. Um, one of the other guys, I think, fell down a well. It's it's been a lot of unfortunate things have happened. Um, yeah, one of them got uh, on their bye week. He was uh, taking one of those drug tunnels from El Paso to uh, Juarez and got has gone missing. That's, that's yeah, that happens. So the uh, Texans are a little undermanned. Uh, right. Their coach Romeo Cornell is uh, eighty-seven years old. He's even older than Marv Levy somehow. Right. Yeah, I said, hey, this is, anytime you get a matchup of interim coaches like Romeo and Matt Nagy, 
everybody's playing for pride. And then I had to be reminded, Nagy's not an interim coach. It's like, oh, damn it. It just feels like one, doesn't it, though, doesn't he? It feels like, does Romeo Cornell hold the record for being an interim coach the most times? It feels like that's happened a lot. I don't know if that's an actual record that somebody keeps, but it feels like it. I think I think Wade Phillips has been an interim coach at least twice. Mm. Um, but yeah, I wonder if there's a guy. Well, we know Joe Vitt, the worst coach in, uh, not Joe Vitt. Um, crap. How am I getting this wrong? The guy who, the guy from, uh, uh, Rick Venturi. Right. The worst coach in football history. Who's from Rockford, Illinois, where I'm, where I'm living. Um, he's been an interim at least twice. And his career record is, we talked about it on the other podcast. Uh, it's like, if you include his college brilliance, it's like three thirty nine. And one, something like that. I mean, it's it's beyond Ouch. beyond atrocious, right? But yeah, I mean, Romeo, I, Romeo had a winning record with the Browns, I think, which yeah should get right. you into Canton. That's true. <laughs> but uh, not a winning. I don't think a winning record overall. I think he had a winning season. This is good. If you Google Romeo Cornell, the first thing that comes up is what happened to Romeo Cornell. <laughs> Ouch. Well, he had a tough day yesterday. Yeah, in 2007, Romeo Cornell led the Browns to a 10 and 6 record. Wow, that's impressive. The next year, they didn't exactly capitalize on their success. Uh, he went 4 and 12. And you're right, okay. he's been an in interim now uh twice. Kansas City. Okay. And now Houston. Kansas City, who did he take over for? Is that Dick Vermeil? Ooh. Uh, acquiring Lions want to know. Did Dick have some kind of breakdown and weep himself to the... It's, that feels like the other podcast all of a sudden. But yeah, now I really have to know. <laughs> Todd Haley. Hmm. Although they list Todd later, I wonder did. No, yeah, he re- he replaced Todd. Okay. Todd Haley, I always remember the old website uh, kissing Susie Colber had a graphic of Todd. They had him photoshopped with his arms sticking out, his arms, and his head sticking out of a Camaro, and it just <laughs> said "Come at me, bro." And I always think of Todd whenever. Excellent. Very reminiscent of former Notre Dame defensive coordinator Brian Van Gorder, who I once wrote, always looks like uh, somebody lost the keys to his Trans Am. <laughs> Specifically a trans. That's what makes that funny. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you he was driving one. Yeah. So, uh, so Mitch is on quite a roll here. He has had a a quarterback rating of more than a hundred in consecutive weeks. For well, I want to ask you: Do you think is that the first time that that's ever happened to Mitchell Trubisky? Um, I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to be wrong, aren't I? 
Oh crap, I thought it was going to pop right up. Now I'm... Why isn't that there? Uh, crap. <laughs> I pulled up his, his career game log and it doesn't have quarterback rating on it. Ah, perfect. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I, it seems That's... like, yes, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Seems like it ought to be true. Oh, no, here we go. Here we go. It is. Here. Oh, okay. The answer is no. It has happened before. He has played in 48 games, and he has posted back-to-back quarterback ratings of more than 100 on three occasions, which is bad. Four. Four occasions. And one of them, um, everyone remembers the six-touchdown game against Tampa. He followed that up with three touchdowns and one interception against the Dolphins, although the Bears lost. That's his best back-to-back games ever. 154.6 against the Bucks and 122.5 against Miami. The oh, other yeah. times he's done it was in a... Um, he in a, oh, <laughs> Here's why quarterback rating is a little flawed. <laughs> he was 12 of 15 for 102 yards against the uh, Niners in a loss. That was the Jimmy Garoppolo debut where... The uh, Niners kicked five field goals and beat the Bears. And then he followed that up in a big win over the Bengals um, with an actual good game, 25 of 32 for 271 yards. But those count. And then uh, a couple of games. The Oh, when the Bears beat the Packers, the only times they've done it. And then um, he... He followed up with another 100 quarterback rating against the Niners in a win the next week. So he loves the Niners. And then the only other time was last year, uh, the win on Thanksgiving against the... Again, no, that couldn't have been the Thanksgiving. Wasn't he hurt for the Thanksgiving game? Yeah, he was hurt for the Thanksgiving game. Um, well, maybe not. Ah, who cares? Beat the, beat the Lions, and then the big win last year against the Cowboys, which I actually want to talk about because this felt exactly like that. Uh, in fact, it mm-hmm. might even, is it even the same week it was? Um, say, oh, here we go. The Bears have put it all together. Things are going to be great. And then they went out and lost two of the next three, missed the playoffs, and were bad. It's incredible how the the, 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 the Bears fan mind, or the, or the mind of some Bears fans, it's just already like forgets the six game, you know, losing streak, forgets the, the Lions game, forgets all the, all the years we've seen Mitch. Has this one great, good, very good, great game against a decimated Texans team, playing for absolutely nothing, and and all of a sudden he's, you know, he's thought of as he's he's the long term solution all of a sudden now, is which he, is the most he's not. We all know this. This cannot he is not the long term solution. The, the and, only way the Texan game would have been important is if the Bears had lost, because that would have basically said. Everyone needs to get fired today. They, yeah. If you can't beat what's left of the Texans this year, you've right. everyone has quit. Exactly. Beating them exactly. should have been a given. 
and you don't get bonus points for beating up on a bad team. No, so I don't know, maybe next bad. week if you beat Minnesota, who is you know, ostensibly playing for the same thing you are, you know, same record, uh, both a half game out of the playoffs with very little realistic chance of getting in them. Right. Maybe you get a little um, maybe you get a little credit if you win that game. The Jaguars is going to prove nothing when you play them in two no. weeks. No. And oh and and the Mike Glennon got benched. So our our hopes of the Mike Glennon uh, revenge game may be dashed. We need Gardner Minshew two to get hurt probably so that Glennon can play against the against the Bears. And then I, we have no idea if the Packers will even send um, any of their starters right. for week eight for week seventeen. It will depend if they're if they're ju- right now they would because right now they're uh, they have a tiebreaker over the Saints, and this is a year where you really want to get the number one seed if you can because the number two seed no longer gets a buy. There's only one buy in each conference, so. Um, if all things stay equal, the Packers will show up and be ready to beat the crap out of the Bears. Right. Now, but you know, you're talking about the Vikings who have their issues, the Jaguars who are terrible, and the Packers who, who may or may not show up. You know, the the the, the road is, is open here for the Bears, schedule-wise, to drive in and somehow make the playoffs. Well, that's why it was so 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 ridiculous to lose last week. Because you really had, you had a, as, as mediocre as the Bears are, you had a clear path to 10 and 6, right? They were 6 and 6 with four games to go. Right. You had winnable, four winnable games with an asterisk by the Packer one. You know, if they're really not playing for anything, then you damn well better win that game. And then, not, then to basically beat the Lions for 58 minutes. And yeah. then botch it at the end. Um, right. It ended your season. Right. I mean, Mitch, yeah. the, the ball was laying on the grass behind Mitch. That's it. <laughs> that was the end of the year. Yeah, it was. It absolutely was. And how, how, you know, the Packers, if the Packers have this thing clinched up, um, how happy would they be to be like, you know what? We'll be the number one seed. We're happy to lose, and you guys will be stuck with Nagy and Pace another year. I mean, here's <laughs> Talk the, about uh, yeah, winning he, the war. That's yeah. a good point. It, what it what it would there's for the Bears, the Packers are their number one rival. We hate them, whatever. For the Packers, because and this happened, this happened in reverse twenty years ago when the Bears were being the Packers all the time. Um, the Bears fans, for the most part, and the, certainly the well, not the team, because Ditka hated Forrest Gregg so bad he wouldn't ever give it up. But fans, the Packer game was like, yeah, 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 we don't want to lose to the Packers, uh, but we always beat them. That's not that yeah, big we're not deal. Gonna lose we're really that. worried about the Redskins and the 49ers, 49ers. and. Um, the Giants. Those Giant. are the teams we're really worried about. Where the Packers are at a point right now where they've beaten the Bears so much. Um, they've beaten them, what, 18 of the last 22 times. Just that the Bears are not that big a deal to them. And they literally wouldn't care if they lost that last week. Because it's just, no, that, they, that just doesn't matter. If they don't need that game, they don't care. 
Especially that's, that's if they're how, sneak that's in. They're gonna, yeah, you're right. The, the, you, you need two teams competitive to, to make a rivalry, and the Bears have not been that. And you could see them kind of really just loving that. Oh, we could, the Bears got in. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Get blown out in the first round with whoever they play. And, you know, Nagy and Pace run it back once again. Yeah, I mean, so we were, we were saying before that there's a the rumor out there right now is that the the uh, the Bears are gonna are gonna retire Ted Phillips, bring in a new you know bring in somebody to supposedly be over the whole football operations, run the whole shebang, and keep Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy around for another year, right. which accomplishes nothing, absolutely nothing. But that scene, it feels very bare to me. Like, I would if, if I I don't know that there's any real validity behind that rumor, but I completely believe it because it just feels like something they would do. You know, Ted's Ted gets a lovely parting gift to retire, and then they don't really change anything, which is great. So we have that stooge picking another quarterback, and like you just said, what if that quarterback he picks is Mitch again? Right, right. Well, and this is sort of like we were talking last week, too. It might be too daunting for the McCaskies to replace Phillips and Pace and Nagy by whoever replaces Pace all in one off season. So you could see this maybe being a, a bridge to doing that. Okay, we'll, we'll retire Ted in this year, and then the new guy will come in, and he'll obviously, after a year, get rid of Nagy and Pace, and now we could we could spread this out over two years. Well, it's really not that much different than what they did when everybody knew they should have fired John Fox, and they kept him around for one more year, for no reason, none. No reason at all. This is the same thing. Everybody knows Pace and Nagy should get launched, and they're just going to give them another year, and it's not going to work. And then a year from now, they're going to make the inevitable change, because God forbid you ever be proactive and make the move when you should instead of waiting for it to be so painfully obvious to everyone right. that you can't possibly mm-hmm. avoid it. Right. Absolutely. And and if they are going to make this the changes this year, which we all know they should, uh, to a point you made last week, you know, they got to get going because other teams are, are moving ahead. The other teams, the reason you fire, you know, these guys midseason is so you can get a head start on getting the guys you want to replace them as opposed to being stuck with you know whoever is left yeah if this was a real functioning franchise last week they would have fired ryan pace absolutely and they would have started looking for their new general manager and then that right. general manager can decide to keep Nagy, which they're not going to because the new guy comes in always wants his own guy right um but they didn't do it and they didn't do it because they wouldn't do it it's just not what they do. They don't. Um, they're one of those teams that waits until the Monday after the season to do things when they do it, which they don't do often enough. And um, and they just don't. They don't want to do it. They don't want to pay two general managers at the same time. Um, Brian Pace looks like a you know Greg Marmalard kind of guy who would Eddie Haskell, Virginia. Yeah. I'm sure loves him. You know, isn't that right. my? Isn't that a lovely uh, doily you're wearing around your neck, Mrs. <laughs> McCaskey, or whatever the hell it is? Um, yeah. He's a nice boy. Why would you get rid of such a nice boy? Well, because right, he sucks right. at his job. There's that, but it's also, as you just said, though, they don't want to be paying double, double sta- uh, salaries here. Yeah, I mean, 
Spanish flu two has come. You know, and Virginia remembers the original. And right. she's like, No, we can't make a change now. So I think we're stuck with these stooges. Um it, you know, it sure it, it sure as of today, it certainly would seem like that. Now, fortunately they have three more games to still, you know, again make it more painfully obvious that Right. I mean yeah, things they could e- they could easily off. Make it so that it has to happen. They could botch it so completely. They absolutely could. That even without, with um, ownership not wanting to make a change, they're like, "Uh, yeah, we we have to." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things it's it's frustrating to hear people go, "Oh, they're gonna do this." We ran, we went through this forever with the Cubs, forever, and it was, "Oh, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna keep changing general managers and and." For baseball managers all the time, yes, instability. Un- until you get it right, you continue right. to change because it you when you know it's not gonna when you know you don't have the right person. What are you accomplishing by keeping them? Right, exactly. Yeah, why do you have to have a new coach you know, every three years, every four years? Because we get the we hired the wrong guy. Right. If you get the right guy, we will keep him. You know, we kept yeah. Lovey got got a decade, and quite yeah. frankly, didn't. He didn't. Well, they only went to playoffs three times, I think, under Lovey. Right. right. And I like Lovey. And of course, Lovey, you know, he needs a job. So maybe he's yes, pretty he bad. Ooh, I, I, I want. I, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to. I had other stuff to do, so I didn't listen to any of the post game. But I was waiting. I'm sure there were people who were like, you know, why don't the Bears bring Lovey in to be defensive coordinator? Yeah, there you go. Because I'm right. sure that's what Lovey wants to do. He wants to come back to his old. He wants to come back to where he used to be the head coach. Right, and he wants to be the coordinator. It's not like he's sitting under, on a pile of cash. Under, under Nagy, by the way. Right. How, how oh, much? Yeah. 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 Here's, a, here's a guy who uh, you know coached the Bears for ten years, got a lot of money from Tampa, got a nice going away uh, pile of cash from U of I. He's not looking to take a no. coordinator job somewhere. No, I wouldn't think so. Um, but I guarantee you, it was suggested, and uh, multiple times. Right. Because that's what we need. We get the best of both worlds. Nagy's an offensive genius. Lovey, <laughs> we had the best defenses ever with Lovey. It'd be great. Yeah. Lovey could teach those guys how to actually punch the ball out instead of just, you know, grabbing yeah. onto the guy's arm and being carried down the field 15 yards. <laughs> well, not even Lovey, I don't think, could teach Nagy to run the football when you're up by 900 points. Once again, there, there's just uh, what is going on with is there just a mental block and aversion to running the football with these guys? What, what, what is this? It's getting comical how this continues yeah. to happen. Well, and it's funny because the the rejiggered offensive line that can only do one thing. They can run block now. Yeah. The 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 lineup they have with Sam Mustafer at center, Alex Bars and Cody Whitehair at the guards, and the great Jermaine Effetti and Charles Leno Jr. Um especially the right side, because Fetty is a really good run blocker. He's a terrible pass protector, which is why Seattle went, you need to go away. Right. They can run it, and they couldn't yeah. before. So they actually improved it, but it, that's it, it's basically wasted on this coaching staff because they don't want to run it. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, they're good at that? Oh, that's too bad. But, yes, this, <laughs> that was a perfect game where you get the early lead, and then you just pound it down the Texans' throat, and you go home. And that's it. I was I was only kind of half joking when um, so the Bears had a long drive to start the third quarter, but ended up having to kick up field goal. 
But hey, it's three points. That's the first points the offense has scored since forever in the third quarter. Yeah. They get there the ball go. back with like a little over two minutes to go in the quarter because the uh, Texans went on a long drive to nowhere and burned up a bunch of clock. Right. And the Bears came out chucking. And I sit at home. I'm like, I know why they were throwing. He was trying to score again in the third quarter because he's tired of hearing all the crap about how they can't score in the third quarter. Yeah. And like, this is the mentality that we're dealing with, which is everything is so superficial. It is. What does it look like? What does it feel like? It's like, we don't care. We don't really care about any of that. You do whatever you have to do to win a football game. Yeah. I mean, for as long, whenever I see that little guy with his visor, the only thing I'll ever think about is the day he threw the tantrum about, um, they didn't bring me here to run the I formation. <laughs> no, they brought you here to win football games. And if that's, that's what, what you have to do it. to win a football game, that's what you goddamn well better do. Right. But he, you know, it's the, um, the Saturday Night Live version of Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> it's better to look good than to feel good. That's yeah. what they want. Yeah, and I love that they make all these timely references. Like in the column, <laughs> it was an almost famous reference. That movie was only twenty years old. Right. Well, he had a North Dallas Forty reference mm-hmm. in the in the in the column. And that movie's forty years old, which I appreciate. It was a great reference. <laughs> but it's funny because I think of that when I think of Nagy doing stuff like that. It's the you know, you know what? Just make us look cool. Yeah. It's like Russell doesn't want to do the interview. He just like just make us look cool, which is a weird thought to have for a guy who has decided that the visor is the way yeah. to go. And, um, you know, it's twenty five degrees yesterday, and he's got it on. Yeah, you have well. to question that, that. That's a that's a decision making problem right there. Which is all right. It's cold it today. Uh, here's my. He has you know he has a shelf full of hats. Right. He's got baseball caps. He's got stocking caps. We've seen them all. And he's got the visor. That's the wrong one. You literally <laughs> picked the wrong one. thing. You'd be yeah. better off not wearing a hat at all. And he'd be like, oh, he doesn't like hats. No, right. he likes hats. He just doesn't like the tops of the hats. What is it? Yeah, well, he has something against the tops of hats. Yes. It is very terrible. Strange. Yeah. But it was nice to see, and I, you know, the defense did play well. Khalil Mack mm-hmm. was Khalil Mack again. Right. Um, Roquan, Roquan had a great game. Roquan had a uh, great de- game, yes. This is the defense that you were expecting, but again, we must continue to remember that the, right. the Texans were they had nothing. decimated. <laughs> they really had nothing. And the Bears also, after a six-game losing streak, if they're not fired up at yeah. this point, right. this is, they're never going to be fired up. This is your chance to get off the schneid. You were yeah. humiliated by the Lions the week before. Uh, right. Um, I'm not the biggest J.J. Watt fan in the world, but it's sad to see him right now. Like, he can't yeah, move. He can't he's, move not, he's not J.J. Watt anymore. He's just he's just a very large human who can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they don't have a good defense. Their offense was decimated by injuries. and um, But it was funny to see... What would the score have been had you flipped, had you just changed quarterbacks, just traded them right before the game? Mm, Said, all right, right. Sean, you you play for the Bears. Mitch, you go over there and play for the Texans. Because we know what it was with them. It was 36 to 7. I'm guessing it's 55 to nothing. Yeah. If you change quarterback. I'd say it's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the Bears don't have the greatest weapons of all, but you have a competent, if somewhat plotting, running back. Right. Deshaun doesn't have. He would love right now to have Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney Mm -hmm. and to have actual tight ends. Uh, Although I don't know what, I really don't know what Jimmy Graham. um, Nice reminder that he's still on the team, but. uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this idea right. that well, you know, Mitchell played Deshaun. Did he? Did he really? He played on a better he... team yesterday, yeah. but did he actually yes. outplay him? Nah, I don't think so. No. So, but you know, it's not like we live with that regret every day. Well, yeah, and, and it's just you know, it, it delays. It, Look, we all want to watch. We want. We all want to watch the Bears. We certainly, particularly this year, if you want, you know, if you really want to watch some playoff football with the Bears involved. But it's also, if that happens, which as you know, the schedule's lined up, that could easily happen. This is just prolonging the inevitable and the pain for much, much longer than it needs to needs to be. And there's no point in it. If they make the playoffs, they're going to do nothing. But well, if, if you Bears. figure this, okay, so if the Bears make the playoffs, they're going to play the Packers, right? Because the only way they can get in, they have to win out, which would mean they would beat the Packers in week 17, which would probably be the game that clinches home field for the Saints, which would knock the Packers down to the two seed, which is who the Bears will play, because the Bears will clearly be the seven, and that's who you'll get. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Packers will, will come ready to play that day. Yeah. That's sure. Bears yeah. will toddle up to Lambeau again. Yeah. And the, the the most annoying thing about it is, I say this all the time, it's, it's not a really good Packer team. No, it's not. I mean, it's they're fine. fine. average they're fine. They still have yeah. – Rodgers is still good. Yeah. Um, they have – uh, Adams is probably the best receiver in the NFL right now. He's got a touchdown in like eight games in a row. Yeah. But outside of that, that's a bunch of this. Mm-hmm. It's a very average team that, you know, is is propped up by getting to play the Bears and the Vikings and the Lions. Yeah, it gets the um, feast on, on that division. And so it would be great if you thought, all right, so we're going to beat them in week 17. Then we're going to go to Lambeau. We're going to kick their ass, and they're going to have to live with that forever. The Bears went up and knocked him out of the playoffs, but it's not. You know, this isn't the 2015 Cubs taking aim at the Cardinals. Right. You know, this right. is where we all, I mean, there was some trepidation there simply because it's like, oh, really? What if we lose? That would mm-hmm. suck. But at the other end, you're like, we're not going to. I really don't no. think we're going to. And then they didn't. Um. Mostly because uh, Yachty Molina had the bad thumb. I'm sure that's the only reason that the the Cubs won. If Yachty Clearly. did it, well, that would have been. You know. Oh, right. It would have been. But anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. The, the Bears certainly are going to have plenty of opportunity, though, to, to, to lose in even more spectacular fashion than they have. To really – because I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, you know for them to to make the change if they have if they haven't made it after six games a six game losing streak including that ridiculous game against the lions uh, you know i mean like you said if they would have lost to the texans it would have been you would think even that would have made it impossible for the bears not to have fired everybody today if they had a, if they would have lost to the texans 
but they didn't. Well, I, so, and I, we talked about it. I'm sure. I think we talked about it last week. Nobody is. Nobody should be more thankful that there aren't fans in, in the stadium than Matt Nagy. Absolutely. Because I mean, we saw it last year with a team coming off of a 12 and four season. He was coach of the year. And he, they got booed off the field almost every single home game, either yeah. at halftime or after the game or both. Fans were just pissed because they had a, they, especially for whatever reason, they had a bunch of turd games at home. And right. Bear fans right. were very quick. In fact, there were, there were announcers who were like, oh, I can't believe they were booing them. It's like, uh, yeah, would you just watch the first half? Yeah, and by the way, do you know how much those seats cost? You know how much these people paid to watch this crap? They paid well, and it all started. Remember, so week one last year was Thursday night football. It was the opener of the NFL season, the 100th season of the NFL, <laughs> Packers at Bears. And that first half was so terrible that there were the Bears being booed off the field at the <laughs> halftime of the first game of the season. Against the Packers so just at a, home. Just imagine the reaction during some of these games. Oh. they've been able to kind of hide from Nagy hasn't had to face that. And that does have an impression, I think, on the uh, the incompetent team that owns the Bears. Right, right. Because there's enough, right, because they're not getting that immediate yeah, fan feedback. And there's enough fee- people on Twitter and in the media, whoever were like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe the Bears can, uh, maybe they're not so bad. There's probably enough that they can feel like, ah, you know, yeah, there's some naysayers out there, but, you know, we're doing okay. So I think Bear fans on Sunday should go hang out in front of uh, the palatial mansion that I just assume all of the McCaskies live in together. It's like the <laughs> it's like the Lake Forest version of um, uh, it's not Windsor Castle Windsor Castle. Um, what's the what's the big one? I can't well, think of Buckingham, Buckingham Palace. Buckingham Palace. Yes, I'm sure they all live together in the same in that one place. And you just stand out in front and boo. You don't have to boo the McCaskies. You just watch the game and the you know socially distance. Right. Watch the game on TVs out you know in the street. And when mm-hmm. bad things happen, just boo. And then George will be like, "Oh no, maybe I do." Yeah, have to right, right. Things. Or if you can't find the, the McCaskies, just just go to London. Just go to the real Buckingham Palace. <laughs> right. and just, just boo them, and they'll thank God. I know Prince Philip and the Crown. I know it was terrible. What's going on here? That's so. I just watched the episode where. The guy broke into the palace. Oh yeah. Oh, you're only like halfway yeah. through then, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, that was crazy. It is one of those things where you, I, I'm not alone. Stuff happens on the show, and you immediately Google to find out if it really happened. And I'm like, this must have really happened, and it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's some lax security there. And he did it twice. He yeah. Broke in once, and then kind of figured out where everything was, and then then ducked out and then a few days later went back and ended up in Queen Elizabeth's bedroom. Right. Amazing. Yeah. And had a little chat with her. Well, the, they're, they're getting a lot of, you know, the show's getting a lot of pushback because people are saying, wow, this makes, you know, the print, uh, Prince Charles and uh, in particular look, look terrible. And there was a suggestion that we need to put a disclaimer on the show. Oh, and I was wondering, what would the disclaimer be? Prince, uh, like it's crazy. Pr- Cause Prince Charles is an asshole. He's just not an asshole in the way we portrayed him. I mean, right, have we, yeah. did we not know that the guy is a complete dick? I mean, I feel like we kind of knew. Yeah, I felt like ever since, um, you know, 
ever since things be- things started to leak out that him and Camilla were still you know canoodling, even though he was married to yeah. Princess Di, that we've always known he's a jackass. We and have so always I known that. I can't imagine this is surprising anybody. What but they the really should have a disclaimer say. is that um, Prince Charles is not in real life nearly as handsome as the guy we have cast to play him. That's that's cool. what the disclaimer should be. Well, and that guy is actually, but that guy responded to the to this charge about a disclaimer by saying something like, "Oh, come on, it's so ridiculous," which it is ridiculous. But everybody knows this is fiction. I'm like, what, is it? Yeah, it's not. I don't. I mean, I, I think most mean. people know that the 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 conversations we can't possibly know what they really said to each other. Right. But those are a plot. You know, that's that's getting you from point A to B. The main beats we always assume, and I think they they really they happen. Yeah. He has to get you from this part of the story to this part. And some of it, we don't know. They have to just make their best guess as to what. Um, but you can kind of tell from the, you know, from just what we know of them. I've, I haven't seen anything where I've been like, oh, yeah, there's no way that's true. In fact, the stuff right. that I thought there's no way that's right. true it's is true. true. That's the stuff <laughs> I Google. It's like, holy crap, I can't believe that actually happened. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, most of it is clearly based on true event so it's kind of it's kind of an odd odd argument yeah, the first like, one this year oh, was when, was when what do? happened to what happened to dickie mountbatten happened i immediately was like pause yeah. i'm like you know oh my <laughs> god did that really happen it did who is dickie mountbatten right yeah. all right so that poor guy yeah. he's been well, i don't want to give up what happens to him on the crown but uh it's the same guy who got uh shot with a bow and arrow on the crapper by his dwarf yes, son yes, yes, he did. yes he did. yeah Yes. So anyway, as we now digress into the crown from, right. But really, I mean, the McCaskies and kind of similar. Yeah, a lot of inbreeding. Kind of similar. A lot of terrible decision making and indecision. Kind um, of an, there's a, uh, inherited, there's a you know, thousand, family right. There's a thousand year old lineage, matriarch, Howard, right? That most people like. By the way, they're about they're about the same age. Yeah. Come to think of it, Virginia yeah. and, and the Queen. They came to power because of they, you know, it was inherited from, and there they are. Yeah, I mean, very similarly, like uh, Queen Elizabeth is queen because her dad had to become king because her uncle decided he wanted to wanted to marry an American, right? And um, and um, Fadge is uh, queen of the Bears because um, her brother. Who was supposed to inherit the team just dropped dead. Yeah. A lot of parallels here, right? Yeah. So Ed Ed McCaskey is Prince Philip. Do we we do we buy that? Yeah. Um I I enjoy um the uh this version of Philip more than the Matt Smith version of him. Oh, I thought that was fine. I mean they're um but well, uh, Tobias Menthes is so, is so good. Yeah, but, and he yeah. he really he he really gets the he captures the somehow it's, it's a delicate balance of conveying that Philip's an asshole, mm-hmm. but a likable asshole. Like he really gets right. to say the things that at home you're like, yeah, uh huh, you know, yeah. yeah. And he's not um he's not the at least not in the plot he's not the philandering Philip from the first two seasons he's right the, it's right, they're a different right. stage of their marriage and so yeah. he just gets to be a smart ass although i did enjoy the uh 
<clears throat> the whole argument about parents having favorite kids. That was great. And he immediately answered who his was. And of course, we all knew it was going to be Anne. Right, right. <laughs> you, you do? Yeah, it's Anne. Yeah. So do you. Well, why, did, why did you answer that so quickly? Because it didn't require thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of scary parallels there. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, my wife is a big, she enjoys the royals and... Um, and I will always ask, what do they need them for? What purpose do they serve? And this really, that's the McCaskies. What do we mm-hmm. need them for? What purpose do they serve? Right, right. Nothing beneficial to us, at least. Yeah. Oh, well, at least they're not the Ricketts. <laughs> They've got that going for them. Which is nice. Which is, no one will enjoy the next 10 years of Ricketts ownership more than the McCaskies. Cause it'll take a lot of heat off of them because they can't possibly be as unlikable and unctuous as, uh, as the McCaskies are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, one thing we almost saw yesterday was, uh, a Robert Quinn sack. Oh, he fell off right. of Deshaun, but he almost made a sack, which would have been just great. Yeah. Has anybody picked up Ted Ginn? Uh, By the way, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Just so. thinking, I was wondering if you know, there's a possibility we might see Ted field a punt. Not with our, not with the Bears, of course, but in the league. It's not really Ted's thing. No. So you were talking about the great game that Roquan had, and he did. He had 12 tackles and two sacks, and he was everywhere. He, I think, he took a lot of unnecessary crap for. The game-winning touchdown a week ago. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, Sorry. Adrian Peterson ran over him. If you watch what happened to Ted, he got run over. He got run over by John Jenkins, his own teammate. Yeah, he's getting ready to make the tackle, and Jenkins just knocks him right on his ass because he's being Friendly blocked fire. and just kind of flying through the air. Yeah. yeah. Um, Roquan had issues early in the season where he would get like he'd get in the hole. And look at you're like, oh, he's going to nail this dude. And the running back would somehow end up, you know, six yards past him. Yeah. Uh, that He seems to have uh, stopped that. Definitely. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, he's to the point where now where it, it's Ryan Pace has screwed up all of his first round picks, except for Roquan. He's like, he's the, he gets to be the exception. He said, no, except right. for Roquan. He got that one right. He gets to be Gus. Yes. Right. Be a, a linebacker named Roquan? What's your middle name? <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's great. So one one of Ryan Pace's picks has worked out. That's yeah, awesome. That's terrific. Sounds sounds about right. Um, I'll give you. I'll well, ask you this question on the post game. The the one I watched with Cap and Lance Briggs and Alex Brown and um, Olin. Uh, Cap asked the question: Would you rather? If you could pick a, if you could pick the fate of a or the current state of a franchise, would you rather be the Texans, who have their quarterback but very little else, and whose first and second round picks next year are the property of the Dolphins, or would you rather be the Bears, who don't have the quarterback, who have all their picks and have a deeper roster? Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, that's not. There's not an obvious answer to that because on on the, the the most important yeah obviously the most important position in the NFL maybe of all of sports is the starting NFL quarterback 
And the Texans got that, and the Bears don't. And that's an enormous gaping hole that the Bears have. But see, but then you go, well, Bears have a pretty good defense, so but then you go, yeah, but do they? I mean, they're what are they, the 15th ranked defense? This is this is a maybe not even that high. Uh, maybe they're 16th. Um, and this is a team that pretty much everybody said top five defense. I think we were a little skeptical about that, but we even uh, even we thought, okay, top, yeah. top eight, right. top ten defense. If you're a top if you're a, you know a, a, a league average defense with all, admittedly a lot of really great players on it um that's not getting any younger i you know i don't know um it's tempting to say we got we got the quarterback that's the most important thing you know we could build around him relatively quickly um, as opposed to the Bears, who are going to have to go for uh, God knows how long, still searching for that quarterback because they don't have him. So I at home answered very quickly okay. that I would ra- I would rather be the Texans. I would rather have because it, Watson's twenty five years old. Yeah, they, that's the thing. They got the quarterback. It's not like it's not like um, he's not. It's he's not Matthew Stafford. He's not thirty three or whatever Matthew is. He's twenty five, and right. so. The, and he's so good. And then the, really, obviously the really, most frustrating really thing about it is, well, you know what? You could have both. Yeah. This you team could. should have the team they have and Deshaun Watson on it. And they that's don't. exactly it. Right. Um, so to me, that's a complete indictment then of Ryan Pace, which is if you ask me, okay, here's his entire roster. <laughs> or here's an inferior roster with the one guy he didn't pick. Which do you want? I'm like, I want the one that with the guy you didn't pick. Yeah. I will figure right. the rest of it out. But you've got the quarterback, and he's good. Um, he's and good, and he's tough. He may be a little too tough. Um, and he's yeah, he's young. Like he's, so, he threw the pass and hit his elbow on. Yeah, and it, I thought he had like blown out his shoulder the way he was laying there. Well, it's because he'd lost all feeling in his hand. It was just kind of right. And he comes back in. It's like no. Yeah, that was that was yeah. that was impressive. Like, no, yeah. there is yeah, no don't, don't reason do for right. him to be back in this game. Really isn't. I think that was and listening to Trent Green explain that and, and just call the game in general may have been more painful than whatever Trent had a, whatever he thought when he hurt his elbow. Trent had a rough day. Oh, I thought. Ooh. Um, it's here's what I don't here's what I don't get. Okay, so if you are, it's one thing if you're Romo and Nance and you're doing a game that you know is being beamed out to. Most of the viewing audience, you're probably the four, the 325 central game. There's probably only one other game on CBS. 90% of the country is getting you. So when you talk in these generalities about both teams, it's because you know that you have a, the audience is not intimately familiar with both teams. Yes. But when you're um, like Rich Gannon or Trent Green <laughs> on CBS, you know, your game is only going to Houston and Chicago. Yep. You don't get um you're not getting the rest of the country. So when you talk in these vague generalizations. Yeah. At least half your listeners are bear fans who are like you're a moron. <laughs> right. We know this stuff is not true. We know Matt Nagy's an idiot. We see it all the time. Don't tell us he's not. Don't talk yeah. about how well you know Mitch is actually playing Mitch is not playing well. No. He's playing well for Mitch. He's not playing well for an actual NFL quarterback, which is what he's supposed to be graded against. 
So don't insult us like that. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, I give Trent, you know, a little bit of leeway, given that pretty sure his brain at this point is uh, all scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I even put on, I even in a reply on Twitter during the game, I put the hit, showed the hit where his, it was basically the end of his career, where, you know, he gets hit right in the helmet and, you know, off yeah. to the broadcast booth. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We get the same thing with Aikman. You know, I mean, Troy had yeah. to quit, be, had to retire because of concussions, and then there he is trying to describe two games a week to us, Thursday and Sundays. Um, I've never understood the f- Fox's fascination with Troy. I don't get it either. Because yeah. he doesn't bring anything. Like, I don't mind him. It's not like, oh, I can't listen to this. Aikman's doing it. But he's not yeah. He's not objectively good at his job. The one thing he stopped doing, which it cracked me up every time, was when he first started doing games for Fox, they would put a graphic up. And Troy would read the graphic every single time. It's like, Troy, we can read it. You're supposed to talk. Yeah. You're supposed to talk about what it means, not what it is. Right. Like, right. We, that part we can handle right here on the couch. It's like the guy in the meeting that puts the PowerPoint presentation and just yes, reads, just the, reads slide. the slides. Yeah. Like, no, we got that part. That's yeah. that's Troy to a T. Yeah. And Troy probably actually even pronounces bullet. Bullet. Right. Fill out your TPS reports. Bullet. No, <laughs> Troy. You don't. You don't have to. Don't have to say that part. Troy. 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 Come here, real quick. Don't say bullet. So that brings up another question, which um, the former co-host of this Bears Weekly Bears podcast, Cal Morris, wondered on Twitter today. Um, St- Matthew Stafford is most likely out now for the season, which means Chase Daniel, quarterback for the Lions, for the last three weeks. Um, because uh, Stafford is trying to break Drew Brees' record for most broken ribs. <laughs> um, and the question was, he's got a $10 million buyout on his contract next year. Is that the last game for Matt Stafford as a Detroit Lion? Kyle immediately wondered, he's like, oh my God, don't make me wonder whether or not the Bears should sign Matthew Stafford. Yeah. But I last, I think even on this, I think I said it out loud on this podcast last week. Maybe I didn't. I know I thought it during the game. For all of his flaws, if the Bears, if this Bears team had Matthew Stafford on it, they'd be in first place. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked at the beginning of the year. Stafford is a he's a good quarterback. Yeah. He's a definitely a more than decent quarterback. He's not great, but yeah, he would be a, I mean, a if, leaps and bounds. I mean, if they're the six and seven with Mitch and Nick Foles, yeah, they could be ten and three with Stafford. And tied with the Packers for first place. Mm-hmm. I could easily yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, I'm not advocating that that's what they should do because he keeps, like most people, he keeps getting older. Yes, he does. Um, but now, isn't that the kind of move? Say, say the Bears do what we think they're going to do, and Teddy mm-hmm. retires. They bring in, um, you know, Ernie Acorsi's toupee to be the president of whatever. Right. You keep pace and Nagy. That's that's the kind of move you make. That's textbook because you're just trying to save your job. Yep. You're not worried about the next ten years. You're worried about the next twelve months. And all of a sudden, you have Matt Stafford playing quarterback for you. It's, um, it's not unlike, um, the Colts getting Philip Rivers for one. Well, maybe one year. You know. you know, the, the high school football sidelines are calling. Him. Right. 
The siren call of the high school football side. They basically looked at their team and said, it's a pretty good team. We don't really want to hand it over to Jacoby Brissett. So if we can get a better quarterback for a year, and it looks like there's a lot of thought that Frank Reich's master plan seemed ridiculous at the time, but may actually work out. It's not a coincidence that the best years Carson Wentz had were with Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator with the Eagles. And there's a lot of thought that Reich in a year or two was hoping to get Wentz for the Colts. Mm -hmm. And now Carson is no longer the starting quarterback for the Eagles, which means he's probably imminently gettable and his price is probably not prohibitive. Right. Um, And who knows if Carson's struggles are physical, then there's not a whole hell of a lot Frank can do. If they're not, then he probably fixes him. And he probably all of a sudden they roll on with another good quarterback. Uh, but yes, now, so now that th- those series of tweets have me concerned that next year it's going to be this exact same bear team, a year, everybody a year older, Allen Robinson off to go play for a team with a quarterback right. and Matt Stafford playing quarterback. Yeah, it's a, you're right. It's a text, but it would be a textbook textbook bears move right which is the and people are like well you just said they'd be in first place if they had him yeah but that's um well, that's also with Allen robinson who's not going to be right. here next so year. it's with Allen robinson it's stafford now it's another injury on top of the injuries he's yeah. had in recent years he broke his back last year his back he broke his back yeah <laughs> and he's going to be 30 whatever I, I didn't even look to see if he's 33 or 34 yeah. right if right. he was 27 then hell yes sign me up Let's go. Although it's funny, his um, obviously he doesn't, he's not as churlish as our old boy Jay, but there's a lot of Jay Cutler in Matt Stafford. A lot of those, ah, hell with it. Just wing it off yeah. my, wing it off my back foot as far as I can down the field. Right. Uh, but now that's, now I'm worried about that. Well, you're right to be worried about it, particularly if the Bears do what we, Fear they might do this offseason, which is try to run this thing back out there for another year. Because if I were the Bears, this is where everyone laughs and turns the podcast off. Yes, if they haven't already. Yeah. <laughs> I would, my my way to fix the quarterback position next year is I trade a second rounder, not for Jimmy Garoppolo. Not oh. for, I know how handsome he is. <laughs> That's what I think was going to happen. Right. Um, I trade a second rounder for Sam Darnold. Because I, th- it, he's way too young to be bad. I mean, for for his future to be decided, he's that's a talented guy in a terrible position with the Jets, who's really only losing his job because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and everyone seems to think that they'll that they'll just want to get a two for him. I would give you a second round pick for Sam Darnold tomorrow, I, and then I, I, and then he I, would flame out, that. and I would get fired. But <laughs> well, that's what right. I would do. I'm okay with that move. Now, let me ask you this: Is does Chuck Pagano return next year? If if yes, obviously this is assumes, of course, that Pace and Nagy are back. Does does Pagano yeah, come I mean, back? Somebody's got to be the sacrificial somebody, and I think it's going to mm-hmm. be Pagano. Yeah. Um. What's really annoying, and I'm I should look this up. So the. The defensive coordinator for the Rams. You know, they, McVay made a big move in the offseason 
and he basically retired. Um, he retired Wade Phillips. Said Wade, I know you got us to you helped me get to a Super Bowl and blah blah blah, but you got to go. Um, they went ahead and they got um, they stole a guy off of Vic Fangio's um, staff. And if it sounds like I'm killing time, so I can find the guy's name, Brandon Staley. The biggest issue I think we all have with Pagano is that he did the Vince Tobin thing and yep. he took a really good defense and he he forces it to play a different style. Still yep. has good players and they're not a bad defense. But especially now in hindsight, we see how much they propped up the offense in 2018. This team can't win without them getting, stealing the ball. That's, yeah. They have to yeah. have it. Um, why, why didn't the Bears keep one of Fangio's assistants to be the defensive coordinator? You say you can't t- you can't take them all. I think for a while they thought they were going to keep Ed Donatel, and Ed went, and then Ed got COVID and was in the hospital forever this year. But um, he wouldn't have got. I don't. Know, he maybe wouldn't have caught it here. Um. But basically what McVay did was he said, I want somebody to run the Vic Fangio defense. I'm going to go get Brandon Staley, and he's going to run it. Yeah. And all of a sudden the Rams defense is really good again. And the Bears are still doing the thing where on two of every five plays, Khalil Mack is 10 yards down the field covering somebody. It's like, why? You don't pay that guy to, you know, to cover a tight end. He's supposed to be chasing the quarterback. Yeah, Absolutely. Right, and that and that's that's fixable if you if you hire the right defensive coordinator. The guys are still young enough; they're still talented enough. They can they can get that intimidation factor back, that ability to force turnovers. They can they can get that back if they get the right guy. I thought a very underrated part of Sunday's game that worked for the to the the Texans' disadvantage was Buster Screen not being able to play. Yes, because that's the easiest read in football is. Who's Buster covering? <laughs> Throw it there. You know, normally the, the quarterback lines up and he has to point out the middle linebacker so they can set. Right. That's like the landmark that the offensive line uses. Yeah, because he can be wrong. It doesn't matter. You don't have to point. You, basically, you're declaring the mic just so everybody is counting out from the same spot. You don't have to mm-hmm. pick the right guy. But when you play the Bears, they don't point at that. They just point at Buster. <laughs> just throw it there. Yeah, it's over there. That's what we're throwing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with Buster out, they were Deshaun was like, "Shit! Now what do we do?" Yeah. That was our whole game plan. It was just throw it at Buster, right? I on the red zone in the afternoon, games were flipping around, and you know you just catch parts of and um, the, whoever was doing Denver's game was like, "Well, you know the Broncos are without their best cornerback, Bryce Callahan," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's so bad." Because I think he's like the best nickelback in the NFL, and the Bears right. certainly miss him a lot. But when he's your number one corner, that's bad. That is he's bad. supposed to be your number three. Yeah. All right. Well, we solved nothing. We uh, we did. Now we've we scared did. everyone with uh, acquisitions of. Um, the Bears are going to get Matt Stafford to play quarterback next year. People are like, Andy wants to trade a second-round pick for, for Sam frickin' Darnold. 
who's quarterbacking the 0-16 Jets. We have your mind dancing around the McCaskies and the well, that was the, the most and the, and the, win, yes. the Windsor the Windsor family. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What he supposes in uh, the red box that Virginia has to has to open up and read what's in it every day. <laughs> uh, God, what could it be? That's yeah, probably just pictures of Ryan Pace's new haircut. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I was gonna say, what's what's Ted filling it with? <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah i don't know well we'll Next see up, the, season, the, the season's bear- on a roller coaster now we could still see these yeah. are we gonna lay them out or are we gonna make the playoffs well there's either one is likely or likely either one is possible i should say but so the bears are off to the great white north to take on the vikings and local local boy Matt or Mike Zimmer. I'll call him Matt Zimmer. <laughs> Matt, Zimmer, Matt Zimmer, his brother. Right. Uh, in the all important game between the two six and seven second place, the Bears aren't in last place anymore. No, they're not. Now they're tied for second, and they're also scoring. Also tied for third, theoretically. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, how about this? Bears scored thirty six points last week. Still hit the under. How about that's incredible. Yeah. Yes. So we joke every week that this week's under is it is it forty three? No, it's a big one. Uh oh. Vegas is excited. Forty five. Forty six. <laughs> wow. That has got to be the most static line or the static uh, number in in across the NFL. Well, I'll tell you the though, sh- the sharps. The sharps are. Um, must be betting big on the Bears this week. The line, according to this, the line opened at Minnesota by six and a half. Mm. And it's now Vikings by three. Oh, my. So a lot of money must have come in on the fighting Trubiskies. Right. that line down. Or that first number is just wrong, which is probably what it was. Yeah. So, yeah, Vikings by three. 46 for the over-under. It's going to be a barn burner. <laughs> yes, we can hardly wait. Let's hope the roof doesn't fall in on, their, on Vikings' new stadium. Yeah, because it fell in on the old one. Yeah, we found out when we did the the first Vikings podcast. Um, that was the third time it had collapsed. But it was the third time. It was the first time it had collapsed during um, during the season. Apparently, mm-hmm. it was more of a February sort of thing when the snow would get to because of um and the difference this time was so the old hump dome the roof was held up by air it was like poofed up and they'd get too much snow on it and it would sag yeah (laughs) well then at one time it actually it collapsed and it tore a big hole in it and that was the the death knell for the vikings at the hump dome so the, the stadium engineers in Minnesota have figured out that they get snow there and they should probably plan for that. Yeah. We hope occasionally it'll snow there in the winter. Yeah. Um, I guess the new stadium, which I haven't been to, because I never went to the old one either. I don't think I've ever been to Minneapolis. I've been to Minnesota. I don't think I've ever been to Minneapolis. Um, I don't think I have either. It looks very nice. 
the, the biggest problem it has is it's it has, it has a lot of glass so it to give the feeling that you're in an outdoor stadium even though you're not but apparently birds <laughs> like just it's it's like an apocalypse it's like an it? apocalypse for birds oh no they're just flying into they're, it killing oh. themselves in droves oh that's that's not good no. that's not good we can't have that so the Vikings ought to have Sully Sullenberger come out and do the yeah. coin toss. <laughs> oh, oh, I had a flashback. Yeah. Let's not do an over-under on the amount of birds that fly in no, during the game. I don't want to know. Do I don't want to know either. Know. Maybe they could tint the windows or something. I don't they, know. They paint a tree, something. Or no, you don't want to paint a tree. No, it's a that would make it worse. Better like a scarecrow or something yeah. out there. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what they do. All right. We're good. I'm excited. I can't wait for the Bears to win again and to announce the the contract extensions for Nagy and Pace. <laughs> it's going to be great. And we look uh, forward to it. They can go 8-8 eight eight again this year, and then we go 8-8 eight eight again next year. This is our lot in life. Yes, it is. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Mike. We'll uh, we'll catch up next week after another exciting Bears uh a contest. You don't even want to say victory. That's right. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you then. All right. Many of us have herpes. 